0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Wednesday, October the 4th, 2023. It is currently 3.27 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. I hope everyone's having a great afternoon. Hope everyone's having a great day. The goal here this for for me is in a few hours, I'll be leaving the studio, headed to Victory Baptist Church in the middle of nowhere, Texas, where tonight we'll be working on our ongoing series on the tabernacle. We were supposed to move directly to Hebrews chapter 8. I think we're going to work on typology a little bit more tonight, actually. I think we're going to work on typology a little bit more. I feel like there's still some things we need to talk about. So we'll talk about typology, then maybe we'll at least look a little bit at Hebrews chapter 8 but that's what's going on tonight now there is something that could interrupt that because we're in a severe thunderstorm watch currently and so right about the time church is supposed to be going on is when thunderstorms are supposed to be in the area we don't know how severe as of right now but if anything interrupts that then we will we'll try to make up for it some other way we will do what we can all right so that's the plan tonight here and then I don't know if there'll be a late night broadcast. Maybe there will be tonight. Maybe we will see. We'll see if we can kind of make up for not doing as many broadcasts recently as I typically would. And hopefully I can kind of make up for that. And, well, make sure that you have plenty of content to choose from whenever you decide to look. All right. Does that sound like a good idea? But for right now, what I want to do. Is something that I do frequently. I'm constantly thinking about where is the church headed, right? Specifically in 2024, right? Where is the church going in 2024? And I also raise lots of questions on this podcast about church in general. And I know it makes a lot of oh, some people very uncomfortable. They don't like these questions, but I constantly, you know, and I, and I, I hate to say this. I, I think it's a, um, I, I, I guess sometimes maybe my questions appear to be somewhat jaded or somewhat cynical, maybe about church. And I hate that. I'm not trying to be, but I think they're, they're real questions. And, and I talk about it all the time when I'm out if I'm driving somewhere, especially here in Abilene, Texas, there's a church literally on every corner there. I mean, it is absolutely insane how many churches there are in this city. It's a city of what, 120,000, if we're lucky. And there's there's well over 200 churches, well over 200 churches, three Christian universities. There's a church everywhere. And so whenever you're out driving, you're going to drive by multiple churches. I don't care which street you go down. I don't care where you are in town. You're going to drive past churches. And over and over and over when I drive past them I'll see the building, right? And and this is just the way I think. It's just the way I think and I know it's maybe cynical and I may, I know it may be negative but this I will see the building and then I'll look and I'll be like there's no one there. That- What 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 are they using that building for? Right, because you think about it, you take the building, the cost of the building, the cost of maintaining the building, the cost of the staff, insurance, electricity, all of it, and you look at all of the money that goes there to maintain it, and then you realize so much so much of the week the building is just empty, it's not being utilized, and many churches then move to a small group kind of system, right? Where literally the small groups are not meeting inside the church building, right? So you're like, literally like, okay, the church is going to be meeting in all and everyone's homes, but you're paying for that building. And then hour after hour, week after week, the building is not being utilized. And, and, And I'm sometimes then blown away by all the money that goes to maintain it. And then you're like, what is that church really producing? Like how much Teaching is really being produced by a church. When you take, here's how much money it takes to operate the church per year. Here's how much teaching. And sometimes I, I, I just feel like that maybe people are more aware of that way of thinking. And I think the pandemic had a lot to do with it. A lot, a lot of people are like, well, wait a minute, we're spending all of this money to have a building and to meet here. And now that the pandemic has happened, and for some reason, let's, depending on where you were and what the restrictions were and what you followed, what you didn't follow, you didn't go to church. You were like, well, wait a minute. We're getting the same level of teaching, the same amount of content, but it, it, obviously it doesn't require a building. Obviously, this content could be produced in another way. So um, I, I think it just started raising questions. So I just think, I don't know what the future is going to look like, but I think a lot of people are going to become more, I think, I think they're going to question what the church is for. What, what are we doing? We're spending all of this money for it, but what, what is actually being produced considering how much content is out there available to everyone 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and much of that content is being produced without this huge bill without the cost of a huge building and a staff and all of that. I think it raises questions about where the church is headed and about how people are going to utilize and what they're going to do and what content they're going to produce. So I've been asking lots of questions in regards to that. We've talked about what I believe is the political hijacking of the American church and the church has become so politicized. So politically, it's, it's a political ideology driving it more than a theological one and that that's dividing the church and that's very detrimental to the church and it's driving many people out of the church. We've talked about that and we have talked about the rise of A.I. Artificial intelligence. How is that going to impact Christianity and the church moving forward? We even did a little experiment, right? We signed up for a church write, a, a church writing, a sermon writing service that's, um, that's marketed to churches for pastors. Hey, you need a sermon this coming Sunday? Tell us what you need and we'll turn it around in 24 hours. And they'll write you a sermon. And we caught on really quick that they were using AI. That there may be, obviously people are involved, but they're using some form of artificial intelligence to help them turn these sermons around in a relatively quick amount of time. One day to two days. You tell them what you want. And in some cases, the same day, there's the sermon. And you can tell in many cases that it's clearly written by artificial intelligence. And then there have been news stories of how pastors have used artificial intelligence to write a Sunday school lesson. And then they will preach it. And then they will tell everyone, this was written by A.I., and so you you start asking, well, how is that going to impact the future of the church? If artificial intelligence is out there and it can write sermons, write Bible studies, and if it can literally produce it, right? If if basically if basically a website could be created that's basically run by AI and AI is there 24 hours a day providing you Bible teaching and devotional messages, well, how can the church even compete with that? Human beings have to sleep. What would that look like? What 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 would that do? Like uh, uh, you know, you can already ask AI anything and find answers. And so, how is that all going to impact the church? We've talked about it, looked at it. Well, I got another I have another news story that once again raises some of these questions. It's about basically how AI well, took over a church. Well, that's kind of how the news story reads. Here it is. Let me find it for you. I, I saw this the other day and I saved it. It's been a. I haven't. I haven't had a chance to get back uh, to it yet. But I thought we. W- I thought we would look at it. So let me find the news story here. Let me find the news story. I have so many uh, news stories open here. Uh, this. It, this reads this way. All right. Here we go. Here is the headline. This was published on October the 4th, 2023. Well, I don't, it was updated today. I apologize. It was originally published on October the 2nd. Then it was updated today, uh, October the 4th. I don't know what they updated. I don't know um, if they made any type of correction. But at uh, the top photograph, there is a picture of a church. And then here is the headline. You ready? Church. In AI Takeover as Sermon Led by Chat GPT and Artificial Intelligence Breakthrough. All right now, I know that's kind of all run together, but let me try to, I mean, it's, it's a headline. Church in AI Takeover as Sermon Led by Chat GPT and Artificial Intelligence Breakthrough. Artificial intelligence tool, ChatGPT, was used to transform the tradition of a Sunday service at the Violet Crown City Church, a Methodist church in North Austin, Texas. Now, of course, it's going to be a Methodist church, obviously. We could talk about the whole Methodist denomination and the chaos that's ensued there. But if if a church was going to try something like this, I could see it being maybe, uh, you know, some type of, well, there's lots of kind of churches, I guess it could be, but you get the idea. So let's read this all again. Church and AI takeover as sermon led by chat GPT and artificial intelligence breakthrough. Artificial intelligence tool chat GPT was used to transform the tradition of a Sunday service at the Violet Crown City Church, a Methodist church in North Austin, Texas. The word of God. This is the first sentence of this news article. You ready? The word of God has now been officially taken over by AI as proved by this robot-generated sermon, which included humans worshiping. That is literally the first line of the news story. Let me read that to you again. The word of God has now been officially taken over by AI as provided by this robot-generated sermon, which included humans worshiping. You can now forget the stereotype that religion, religion is backwards as the Methodist Church in Texas now uses artificial intelligence to conduct a service with chat GPT. On September the 17th, 2023, the Violet Crown City Church, the Violet Cro- Crown City Church, a Methodist church in North Austin, uh transformed the Tradition Sunday service into the new age with artificial intelligence. Pastor Jay Cooper of Violet Crown City Church decided to debut an AI-generated worship service for his congregation. Now, this sounds like it was more than just the sermon that AI developed the entire worship service. AI basically took over everything. AI was like, We're gonna, I'm going to take care of the sermon. I'll take care of the worship service. AI was running the whole thing. We'll see if that is how it plays out, but that's how it, it sounds up to this point. I'll, I'll continue reading. Jay came across the idea of using AI to worship God through using ChatGPT himself for personal use such as writing humorous country music lyrics for fun and thought it would be a great way to move his congregation into the 21st century by introducing them to AI in a way that still lets them worship God. So he he thought it would be fun. He'd use chat GPT, if I can am I'm saying that correctly. I think I am. Chat GPT, he's been using it in kind of fun ways for his own personal and his own personal entertainment. His own personal enlightenment, I guess. And he's like, you know what? Let's use it for the church. Let's use it for the church. Now, of course, as technology develops, it always impacts the church. Church is always impacted by technology. There's just no way to get around that. It always has been. It always will be. So let's see what they did. Here we go. Using AI, Jay recorded the service while letting the artificial intelligence generator conduct The service. So he recorded the service while he let the artificial intelligence generator conduct the service. With AI being able to create prayers, a sermon, and an original song based on the sermon itself. AI, listen to that. It created the prayers, a sermon, and an original song based on this ser- a song based on the sermon itself now AI creating the prayers come on that, that just there that's then not that's not us speaking to God that's not us communicating to God that becomes majorly problematic that becomes majorly problematic I, I think anyone from a, thil- a theological perspective should be like look from a technology standpoint fascinating interesting from a theological standpoint you're a church." <laughs> and you're using prayers generated by artificial intelligence, that just sounds like uh, something out of a bad movie. I don't don't know. That just sounds all wrong. All right, let's continue. The AI, AI, I'm sorry, the idea to create an AI-generated worship service came from my belief that the church should not only be aware of the most pressing issues of our world, but also to actively engage in them. Okay. I got, I got no problem saying that we should engage them and know what's going on. I got no problem with that. I still don't know about turning the worship service over to AI, but that's, that's okay. All right. Um, They go on to say, uh, or the pastor goes on to say, AI is definitely one of those issues. So I wanted to incorporate it into our community life in such a way that it would make an impact. The initial reason we offered this, uh, admittedly unorthodox service, was to inform our congregation about AI and to understand its potentials and its limitations. All right, now that's pretty cool. All right, I I can kind of see that. Hey, these people may have no idea what AI is. They may have seen it, heard about it here, heard about it here. Let's now give them a demonstration of what it can and can't do. And maybe it's possible implications. Okay, that, that could be interesting. Uh, the purpose is to invite us to consider the nature of truth and challenge our assumptions about what God can make sacred and inspired right consider it, to invite us to consider the nature of truth that sounds noble challenge our assumptions about what god can make sacred and inspired so are they saying god could make ai generated worship sacred and inspired i said i don't know i don't know about that is that what they're saying i don't know uh, we'll skip down. well we don't want we'll to skip down they just have a lot of stuff here then they uh then uh after we skip past some of the uh, photographs they have in different things then all of a sudden we read this. What is actually what it actually became was a meaningful conversation about how we as followers of Jesus are to seek the sacred in every person, place and situation in our life. For scripture reminds us that when we seek God, we will find God. Okay, we we could probably take that apart a little bit, but but let's see where this goes. Let's see where this goes. Although surprised by how many uh, were open to the idea of an AI generated service, Jay, Jay does note that it will probably be a one time experience for now unless robots want to join their congregation in the future. So it was a one time thing. That's good. All right. All right. Someone said it would be interesting and they did like the idea that it was almost as an experiment. I I like the idea that it would be an experiment. I, I do like the idea because I think I think churches are going to have to see where this is going to go, but it also opens the door. Like, to me, it's a double-edged sword. I love experiments and to see how things go. But guess what? Just just think about the ramifications of this. Just think about this. And I want to keep reading the article, but but just think about the ramifications of this what have 50 what's, what's what's let's say 60% of the people maybe 70% of the people like the ai generated worship service and the sermon better than the sermons and the worship services put together by the pastor what happens <laughs> if the people are like i like that better than what the pastor produces so you do the experiment. Everybody's like, "Man, that was great!" And then three weeks later, they're like, uh, "Can we go back to the AI? Because really, we don't need you. We don't need you at all. We don't need you. We just need the AI to give us the sermon. And we don't need your your sermons are no good. AI's better. Now, do you need AI to? Do you need AI to write the sermon, but someone to preach it? Or at some point, does AI just preach the sermon? You have artificial intelligence. We talked about the artificial intelligence DJ on the Spotify music, All right? Was it called X? I think it's, it's still there. If you uh, have a subscription to Spotify, you can listen to the the artificial intelligence DJ. Well, when do you get the artificial intelligence pastor? Not only can it write the sermon better than a pastor can, what, he can preach it better than a pastor can. Well, what happens then when people are like, look, man, you're, we don't need you. In fact, AI is cheaper. We don't need to pay a pastor. We got the best pastor. And then they can name their artificial intelligence pastor. They could give it any name they want. They could do whatever the name they want to give it. I think there could be a double-edged sword. It says, although surprised by, okay, it says, uh, I was surprised to hear several members of the church say they were able to worship during the service, but I suppose it shouldn't have surprised me, especially since I opened the service with an invitation to seek to experience God in a time when we may assume we won't, he said. So, hey, it was an experiment, but he still wanted people to worship God. I, that's the only part I don't like, right? Hey, let's, I, I would, I don't know if I'd be calling people to worship God more than I'm saying, hey, this is an experiment. Let's see what it looks like. I don't know if I'd be calling people to worship God when AI is literally writing the prayers. I, I, I that, they're, ooh, that, that becomes a little iffy to me. He says, what ultimately brought us closer to God as a community was the discussion after the service. Okay, now that's good. Anytime churches can have a discussion and it actually brings people closer to God, I actually need a video of this because typically discussions in churches lead to nothing but disagreements. But I digress. All right, here we go. We were able to share what was most important to us in worship and how much we treasured the human element in a community of faith, something that was clearly lacking in the AI generated service. So... Some people miss the human element. Now, everyone misses the human element <laughs> until they disagree with the human element. Okay. All right. I mean, sometimes I feel like the pastor, people already want a, uh, the pastor to basically be their own form of artificial intelligence that they can just sit at home on a Saturday night and go, this is what I want. And then the pastor better show up tomorrow and preach it. Right. So, but, okay, well, that's good that people miss the the human part. Uh, it says here, okay, then they have some ads here. All right. Although many were impressed by AI's ability to create prayers, a sermon, and an original song based on the sermon, along uh, sermon along with being glad... Let's see, let me read this again. Although many were impressed by AI's ability to create prayers, a sermon, and an original song based on the sermon, along with being glad we have a much better understanding of AI now... Many in our church expressed that the service felt shallow and generic and that it was missing the most important component of worship, which is heart and the human spirit of joy and authenticity. That that sounds good. Uh, never say never, I suppose, since it's possible AI may be yet of some yet be of use for us in some ways in the church. But for now, we won't be using it again to generate any components of the Sunday morning worship service. So he says, for now, we're not going to use it anymore. But never say never. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Because I would still say any pastors using any sermon writing service, any sermon writing subscription service, I think AI is already being involved. And I would be curious, younger pastors who are very good with technology, who very much um, – already using certain AI uh, programs, I would be curious how many are utilizing it in some way, shape, or form for sermon prep. I would, I, would, I, I bet the younger generation of pastors, are. it's going to be just normal. They, they probably already use it for school. They probably used it for school, right? The, the next generation are like, I, I looked this up, I looked this up, using AI, using our artificial intelligence. It says, the opening sermon was uh, as prompted by Jay from the AI was as follows. Prompt, write a call to worship for a church that values sharing life and belonging to one another, inclusivity for all, working for justice and following in the ways of Jesus. All right. So that was the prompt. Um, and then it says, let us begin our worship today with a call to worship. The AI sermon. Come, all who are weary, come, all who are heavy laden, for in this place we find rest for our souls. Come, people of all backgrounds and walks of life, for here we celebrate the diversity of God's creation. Come, seekers of justice and peace, for together we strive to make this world a better place. Come, followers of Jesus, uh, come, followers of Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, for in his presence we find purpose and meaning. Come, all who seek the way of Jesus, for in this sacred gathering, we find belonging. And that is all they have. That is all they have. You see here, does it go? Yeah, that's all they have. So they don't give us a lot there. They give us just a little bit of the sermon. They don't give us much. This website that this is from is just... I hate the way it's designed. There's just stuff all over the place, ads all over the place. So I don't, I I wish there was a video of it so we could see exactly how it all went down. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Now someone just said, at least they were told about it. Um, I feel like there are pastors using it and the people don't know. Um, This way they got to talk about it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think in many cases, pastors may be utilizing in some ways and not telling people. In some ways, the pastors may not even be thinking about it, right? If you just see the chat AI type program, if you just see it as, I'm going to ask it some questions, it's going to give me some answers, I'm going to take that, and I'm going to formulate it, and I'm going to turn it into my own. You may not even be thinking about it, but AI is involved. AI is, is still involved to in some way, shape, or form, and how how it's being utilized in other ways I mean, you don't really know, so people should be told. I just I just don't know like there's a part of me, okay, I, I struggle with this because, okay, in my mind, right? I, I'm very naive to this, but in my mind, I always pictured that the average Christian, the average believer, wants to go to church so that they can be confronted and hear that which... They didn't choose. They didn't choose the text. They didn't choose the topic. They didn't. They didn't choose anything. They have no say so in the matter, right? Because that's where you're going to be challenged. That's what. Because if you're just going to always pick what you want to hear, that that's that's detrimental to one's spiritual life, right? The whole pu- purpose of the church is that you go and you don't get to pick the text. You don't get to. And so you're going to be challenged to hear a text or a, or a subject that maybe not even what you want to hear, but it could still be spiritually beneficial because. Sometimes, look, spiritually speaking, you have to receive and hear and get that which you don't always want, right? It, it, you can't just always get what you want and grow spiritually. So I always feel like that. That was the fun part. You go to church, you're like, ooh, okay. Well, this is not what I thought about. And you write it down and now you're like, okay, I'm going to spend all week struggling with this concept because I may not have ever thought about it. Or or, or even if you disagree, it gives you something to struggle with and to work through for, throughout the week, which is spiritually beneficial to you. It's advantageous to you. Now, in my mind, that's the way I, th- I think. But what I've discovered after years and years and years and years of ministry is that the people in the pew far more want what they want than they may even let on. And if they, if they don't like the sermon series, if they don't like, hey, on Sunday night, we're going to be doing this. If they don't like it, they just don't show up on Sunday night. They may make 175 excuses, but it comes down to they didn't like that sermon series. And then if they like the other sermon series, they'll make sure they're there. And it's like, yeah, that can't be the way. And then I know what happens if they don't like how you approach a subject or how you preach. They'll just get mad, complain, or leave. So then in that case, you have to say, do do people really want that? Well, if if it gets to the point that people just want what they want— they now have the ability to get as simply what they want. One, they already have the internet. They can just look up sermons on whatever passage they want from the preachers they want from the, I mean, they, they can get exactly what they want. They can, they can filter it down. Even if you just look at the sermon audio website or the sermons 2.0 website, you can use the filters. You can filter out anyone who's reformed. You can just go independent Baptist or you can go reform Baptist or you can filter out all the Presbyterians. Yeah, I mean, you can, you can, you can filter down to the book. You can filter down to a chapter you can look up the hashtags and pick the ha- and look for the hashtag which will give you the subject you want and then once you get the subject you want you can then skip all the churches that you don't like their theology you can skip the Presbyterians or you could skip the reformed or the non-reformed and then and then before long you can have 10 15 30 sermons 40 50 100 and you could save them all into a folder And it would all be sermons that are in accordance with what you want and what you desire. And you will hear what you want and you desire. You can already do that to some level. And that's just one app. I mean, there's plenty of other ways to filter out what you don't like. But AI is going to impact the church in some way, shape, or form. There's just no way to get around it. I don't know know how big and I don't know what it's going to be. But when the people, I mean, just think about the future. I don't know what it would look like, but literally what we're looking at, at least the possibility, at least in theory, is that the people could have a pastor that says exactly what they want it to say. They could control it with with the right prompt, change the prompt. Now you can say, well, who controls the prompt? All right, well, yeah, you, you, you could get that. That could lead to other fights. But I'm just saying, literally, they they it, it could be they get what they want. And if they don't like wh- what he said on one Sunday, they can ensure that 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 the A.I. pastor never says that again. And you don't have to even pay the A.I. pastor. I, I don't I don't know where it's going. I still haven't got it all mapped out yet. I still believe 2024 is going to be a major change, a year of change for the church. I really believe we're going to have major political upheaval in this country. And we're going to have, I think technology is going to continue to just explode and, and new ways. And that the church is going to be in a mess. It's going to be politically divided. We're already seeing more and more people. It, it appears there's conflicting reports at times, but it seems more and more people are leaving the, the local church and not attending. Uh, it's, there, we get a lot of factors coming together. And I, and I just think this AI situation, that doesn't give us a lot of insight there, but it just shows you a church at least telling everyone AI is available and it can literally write the prayers, the sermons, the entire service, and even write a song based on the sermon. Now, people felt like it was missing something, but yet it's it's at its infancy stage. Well, maybe it's not at its infancy stage. Maybe it's at the toddler stage. Maybe it's at the, you know, it's a little older. Maybe it's almost made it to junior high. But can you imagine when AI gets to, you know, university level and its development? I, I I don't I don't know I just see that it's something, it's going to impact something. Can you imagine? Maybe not tomorrow. Maybe maybe not next year. But can you imagine the day when someone gets on the internet or whatever it's called in the future, and instead of going going to sermon audio to hear sermons um, that were preached by men. It's in a sermon audio website that's all AI-generated sermons. AI preached, AI written, AI preached. Artificial intelligent written sermons preached by artificial intelligence. And all these sermons reflect different theological streams. I mean, I mean, I know that sounds far fetched, but I can almost imagine that. Like right now, sermon audio is all humans, right? And all of our flaws and differences, and it, there's there's a human aspect to it, right? And we know with humans, there's flaws. We don't say words correctly, subject verb agreement, all, all the different things that I may do incorrectly in any given any given message, right? Um, all of that would be gone, and you could have maybe a voice that captures human emotion, has inflection, and then boom. There's, everything is stated absolutely correct. All of its facts are absolutely 100% correct. Greek words are right. Hebrew words are right. History is right. Archaeology is right. Geography is right. Would that be a good thing or be a bad thing? I want, in some ways, we could say it'd be a horrible thing. In other ways, you can see the positives from it. But what happens when an artificial intelligence a sermon written by artificial intelligence is more liked and what better received than the sermons written by people? And at what point is it going to be that the sermons preached by people are actually put together by artificial intelligence? Because if you think about it from a pastoral perspective, right? You know if you get a good idea of the people, you got a pretty good range of what the people want what they will accept, what they will not accept. You can, if you're good at writing the prompts for uh, artificial intelligence, you can ensure that artificial intelligence would always give you a sermon that does not go outside the the cur that goes outside the the the. You know, the the, the guardrails, right? So that you don't offend anybody. It could keep, because when a human is involved at any point, you can, cr- you can just go, that's it. You tick someone off and now they're not going to listen to you anymore. That's it. They're not coming back to your church. You never know when that's going to happen. Trust me. It happens. It, it can happen at any time. Um, artificial intelligence. You could say, whoa, 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 whoa. Stay right here. Stay right here. Stay right here. Stay right here. This is what the, this is what your people want. This is what your people want. You just shut up. And you just you just stay within these lines, and you just repeat what I say to you, and you'll make sure that the people are never offended, never bothered, never challenged, and we'll all be comfortable and happy and safe. But there'll be no, there'll be nothing, there'll be nothing, It'll be it'll be the most empty, meaningless thing ever. But I think a lot of churches, that's what they want. They just, just, here's what I want. Don't, don't deviate. Don't make me uncomfortable. Give me what I want. Just say what I want. Say what I want and do it in the time that I want so that I can feel that I did something spiritual. And I hate, I hate that thought, but I, I think in some ways the church has already been preparing for an artificial intelligence because of the way churches in some cases try to so control what is being preached and will only accept what they want anyway. But there you have it. That's, that's from uh, – let me re- give you the article again. It's from Austin, Texas, not too far from where I'm broadcasting to you from. Um, v- uh, Violet Crown City Church. Oh now, I just I get an article, can AI chatbots bots replace a therap- human therapist. I literally just get a notification right where we're doing about this. Can AI chatbots ever replace human therapist? There we go. That literally just popped up. It's from Time magazine literally while I'm in the middle of this broadcast. <laughs> Can AI chatbots ever replace human therapists? Can they replace human therapists? Can they replace pastors? Can they replace seminaries? Can they replace Bible colleges? Can they replace Sunday school teachers? What, where is, what, what is AI not going to replace? Now, as we see its impact on the world, what about the church? What about the church? Now, I don't think anything's going to happen tomorrow. I don't think anything's going to happen next week. I just think we're 2024 is, I see as a transitional year and many things are going to start setting up. We're not going to really know where we're going until after 2024 because 2024 is going to be upheaval, chaos and change. After we get through 2020, 2024, I think we're going to have a clear direction of what the future looks like. And I don't know. And I can't right tell, tell you what's on the other side of 2024, but technology is only going to continue to expand, develop, evolve, and improve, what become more powerful, have more applications, can do more things, and do it in a better way, in a more efficient way. All right, so we clearly see, we clearly see that twenty twenty four is going to be all about that. And then, in the meantime, we have the upheaval, the political upheaval, not only within the nation, within the church, and then, I don't know if trends continue, but if trends continue the way they are. Uh, Local churches are going to be more and more empty. There's going to be more and more empty pews. And uh, that doesn't mean those people have stopped caring about Jesus or scripture. They're just not attending church. So where will they possibly look for theological and spiritual answers? I wonder, oh, could it be AI? AI? And if you bring AI into the church, people – then again, the older generation are going to just keep – they don't like change, so they're going to just keep with the way things are. But as the older generation gets older and slowly and slowly becomes less influential, less powerful, the younger generation will come up. And if they realize, wait a minute, if the church is using AI, I don't need the church because I can use AI. All right. You can email me where you think we're headed. You can email me your thoughts about all of this to newsif@yahoo.com. That's newsifyahoo.com newsif@yahoo.com. Thanks for listening. Love to get your thoughts. Love to get your feedback. Hopefully you have a great rest of the afternoon and a great evening. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless.